0: Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Rabbi Karnevsky, and I'm with the Denver Community Kolo. And in this episode we're going to be discussing the mystical days of Shovavim. So what is Shovavim? What is this all about? What are these mystical days? So the Arizal revealed, the great Kabbalist, 15th century Kabbalist the Arizal, reveals that in the six weeks where we read the Torah portions, Shemos Va'irah, bo b'shalach, Yisro Amishpatim, the acronym of those six Torah portions, is the word Shovavim, which means to return. It has to do with Teshuvah. And the Kabbalists, the Arizal, reveal that these six weeks, there's a special segula, there's an inherent ability in these days, in these weeks, that we could do Teshuvah on sins that during the rest of the year we were not able to repent on. And he talks specifically about sins, which he calls Tikkun Habris, which regards to purity, how holy we are, how correctly we use certain abilities that we have regarding children and so on and so forth. And if we use it incorrectly during the year, it's very hard to repent and get that back. It seems to be considered as something which is beyond teshuva, beyond repentance, because there's waste. How are we supposed to get it back? How are we supposed to fix it? How are we supposed to reclaim what we've done incorrectly? But during these six weeks, we have the ability to return even on this. This is the weeks of Shovavim, Shmos, Va'era, Bovashalach, Yisro, and ending with Meshbatim. So, of course, we need to understand what does this mean? What is special about what we read during these weeks? How are we to understand that it's hard to rectify such a sin? And during these weeks, we could rectify this. This is the topic we need to understand. Let's dive right into this topic and do it step by step, layer by layer. So number one, what are these Torah portions all about that have to do with rectifying and teshuva? So this, the commentaries all explain that Shemos is when we start going into exile. We go into Mitzrayim, we go into Egypt, we go into exile, and this is where we're going down deep into Gaulas, deep into a place where no Jew should really want to be in a physical sense and definitely in a spiritual sense. And then we go through this, and eventually we merit miracles, 10 plagues, Esamachas, Yitzias Mitzrayim, Krias splitting of the sea, culminating in receiving the Torah at Har Sinai. And the final parasha that we read, which is part of this thing called Shovamim, is Mishpatim, which lays down a lot of the laws, monetary laws, other laws, and it talks specifically about selling a Jew as a slave, how you could sell him for six years, he's going to come out in the seventh year, and if the slave decides he wants to stay, he could stay for 49 years until Yovel, and then the slave comes out forever. So what's going on in these weeks is a story of a Jew going into exile, going deep into exile, into Mitzrayim, meriting to come out, receiving Torah, and culminating sort of in the strange culmination of a Jew being sold as a slave, coming out in the seventh year, and coming out in the year of Yovel. So that's step one. That's just a little bit what's going on, a little bit what these parishes are all about. And of course we need to understand... What does this have to do with repentance? What does it have to do with repentance specifically in the area which we call you sowed, Foundation, Purity, Holiness? What does that have to do with anything? And how do we rectify this? What is the specific thing we should be focusing on in these amazing, mystical, deep, esoteric days of Shovah? So I want to share with you something that I saw from Tzadik Hakohen of Lublin who's one of the great Hasidic masters, prolific writer, and he reveals something, an angle that I think we would gain a lot from if we explore this topic. And he says like this. He says that there's something called sa'aka. Sa'aka means when a Jew cries out. And sa'aka is not a regular cry. He expounds and he brings many verses that support this. That sa'aka is a form of crying where a Jew is going deep. He says specifically that we cry out from our heart when something touches us deep in a very strong way, in a very deep way, it touches our core, it touches our essence. We a, a cry comes out from us, a deep cry to God. And it's a cry to Hashem, help me, help me. I don't know how to get out of this. I feel very deeply and very strongly that I'm not where I want to be and that my neshama, my spiritual core, my penteleid is crying out in a very deep way that I need help. Only you, Hashem, can help me. That's called sa'aka. And he says that in Mitzrayim we find, when they were in Egypt, they were in such a deep place of Kalippos, they were in such a deep place of impurity, they were surrounded by it. Until they got to a point where they cried out to Hashem, by right? Itz'aqu they cried out from a very deep place, from a realization that they were not where they want to be, that this is not where a Jew belongs. And they got to a point called Saaka, and then there's a Pasuk that writes, Sa'aku V'ashem shomea. When a Jew cries out at this level called tz'aka, then Hashem listens. Because tz'aka comes in the heart. And when we cry from the heart, we have another verse that says, Korov Hashem l'nishperelev. Hashem is close to those that have a broken heart. And Hashem is very close to us when we get to this level called tz'aka. And this is what, how we get out of places that we can't get out of during the rest of the year. So this is, again, this is the outline What Tzadikah Koin is revealing that Shemos Eira is when we're in the depth of a gallus. When we get so deep, when we get to such a point of spiritual impurity, we allow ourselves to touch our hearts where we scream out in a level which you call Sa'aka. When Sa'aka touches our heart, then Hashem is close to us and this allows us to get out of here. So that's the outline and let's try and explain this a little bit more. So to understand this topic, I want to preface by reading out some words that Rav Nachman of Breslov wrote. Very famous words, pretty famous words. Where he wrote like this. He says, Da, a person should know. let's l'tz'ok That we're able to cry, but call the Mama Daka. We can cry out in a very, very still and quiet voice. Ve'ish gishman. He says, nobody else could hear it. I mean, this is his words. Rav Nachman writes that a person could cry out in a very quiet voice that nobody else could hear it. A person screaming. It's a quiet scream. It's called a kol mama daka. A very still voice, a very silent voice, a very faint voice. And no one else could hear it, but it's a cry. What does this mean? A person could cry, he could scream in a very loud way, but it's really very quiet. It's a loud voice which is really very dim, very still, very faint. And no one could really hear it. What does this mean? So the understanding is like this. And this is going to be really the general understanding of the purpose of exile. And what, the, what does Hashem want from us? And why is it that Mashiach is going to come specifically from a generation like ours where we're at the bottom of the ladder, we're at the end of the 6,000 year period and we're definitely not at the heights, the spiritual heights of the previous generations. And out of this place, Mashiach is going to come. What is the plan? What is the purpose of this exile? So the understanding which Reb Cohen and many, many others, the Tzfasem has about this in so many different places, is that we want to get to a very deep place. We want to get to a place where we, where we get to the core and the essence of who we are. Sometimes when things are going well, when we're, at, when we're on a spiritual high and we understand things, it's great news because we're in a good place, we feel good, we feel close to Hashem. On the other hand, there's a certain element of that that's not forcing us to go deeper. To go deeper into our essence of who we are. Because everything is good, everything is great. When you take away my external and you throw the Jew in a place where he doesn't belong, there's nothing external, there's nothing exciting, there's no spiritual high going on. And if the Jew wants to connect to Hashem, the only thing he could do is turn inwards. He could go into a very deep place and he could just realize that he doesn't need anything external with what to connect to Hashem. Everything is within him. But to do that, he needs to turn inside. He has to go very deep. This Fasemus writes in a place, something scary and something that has to be understood correctly. He writes that when we had a Beisemikdash, when the temple was built, he says it was amazing. We brought Karbanah sacrifices and we went there for the festivals, for Rosh Hashanah. We went there for Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkahs, and things were incredible. We, we would think it's the best thing possible in the world to have a Beis hamikdash, and of course that's true. In a certain sense, he says, the fact that we had everything so open allowed the Jew the possibility of being a little bit external. Because there was an external element to focus on. When you arrived at the Beis hamikdash, you were able to see it in a superficial sense. You could see beautiful songs of the Levian and Karbanas being brought up in great joy and had some face of and Sukkos and there was the possibility of getting stuck in a superficial sense. And he says when the Besamekdash was destroyed, which of course is a tragedy, it's destruction, in a certain sense, was stripped of any possibility of connecting to something external, something superficial, because it's gone. There's nothing there. We don't have anything to focus on. And the only thing we could do is look inside us. Go deep. The only thing we could do. we got to go inside ourselves because there's nothing else to look at. we got to go deep, deep and find a place inside us where we're strong, where we realize our core is that we have a holy neshama. Neshama sheh nasat I have a holy and pure soul inside We Find it, connect to it, and live with it. Connect to Hashem through the depth of the person himself because there's nowhere else to go. If you want a little taste of this, you know, this is a little bit what happened to us during the peak of COVID when we couldn't go to shul at all and we were home and we were celebrating Pesach at home, Shavuos at home and what did we have? We had nothing external. We had no congregation to join. We had no we had We didn't see people for weeks or for months. And what did we have? What we had was ourselves. And who is that? What is that? And I believe that we were forced to look inwards. We were forced to realize that within me, deep, deep within myself is an neshama, that that and that alone can connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu without anything else needed. Being in a place where there's nothing going on forces us to go deep. And when we go deeper, when we fall deeper, the only way out of that place is to go inside and find my neshama in an even deeper place. And when I fall again, i got to find myself even deeper. And this is what's going on in galus. This is what goes on in exile. We're in such a dark place spiritually that the only way out of it is to force ourselves to uncover something from a very deep place. And when we do that, that's what Hashem wants. Because never has the Jew found themselves so deep Because he never had to. But today we're so gone, we're so down, we're so far from previous generations that if we want to hold on, if we want to keep a connection to Hashem, what we need to do is connect in a very, very deep way. There's no words to explain this connection. Because it's, it's beyond. It's deep, deep inside me. There's no. It's very hard for me to explain this. It's just a point of connection where I feel in a very strong way that my purpose is to connect to Hashem, and that's what's worth it in life. And that's where I want to get to. What's forcing me to go so deep is the fact that I've been stripped of everything. I've been stripped of every external. There's nothing left. I don't have a base HaMikdash I don't understand much Torah at a level that they used to understand it. So what do I have? I have my neshamah and a satabi. This is what it means when we talk about Sa'aka. Reb Tzadok is saying that when we're in Mitzrayim specifically, that allows us to reach a place called Sa'aka. And Rab Nachman writes that no one could hear this Sa'aka because it's deep. We're not talking about crying out in a screaming type of way that the whole world hears me scream. We're talking about getting to the core of my heart. What are my true desires? Who am I? What's my purpose? And when I get there, I scream in a very internal way. That means, sometimes when you touch something, you touch a trigger point and it starts vibrating, it it moves, it shakes, because you reach the essence, you reach the core. And that's the scream, B'koldam Amadak, of Ish Acher Lo Yishma. Nobody else knows about this. Nobody hears it. But I hear it, because it's deep, deep within my soul. Deep in the recesses of my soul, I've uncovered something that I never knew was so deep. And I was forced to do that because I was so far away. In these weeks, when we talk about going into Mitzrayim, we talk about going to a place where there's almost a point of no return. There's almost no teshuva. There's almost no way of returning, no way of getting out of this. But when I go deep, when I fall deep, that forces me to uncover something within myself, which is even deeper than the place that I've fallen. And when I've done that, I've revealed godliness in a place that was never revealed and never uncovered and never unveiled before. The specific repentance that we're talking about that could be done during these weeks, Pagama bris, what we call, which means wasted potential in certain areas, regarding children and other things. The issue with it is, is that we've taken our life. We've taken the ability to reproduce and we've wasted it in a certain sense. It's gone to a place where it's very hard to get it back. And we've sort of taken our essence and we've spread it outwards and it's gone Noah. It's disappeared and it's wasted. And the Zohar writes that it's pretty hard to repent on such a thing because how are you going to get back wasted potential? How are you going to get back wasted life? We've taken our essence and we've spilt it out. And where is it? What do I have from it? How am I going to repent on such a sin? And our reason I'll reveal that in these weeks, these six weeks of Shemot Sve'erobo B'Shalach, Yisroh B'Shamotin, we could get it back. We could get it back. And the answer is because, yes, on a superficial level it's gone. Yes, on a superficial level it's very hard to repent. But because it's so hard, that's going to force us to go deep. And when we go deep, we get back to the essence of who we are. What happens when a Jew gets to his core? When he gets back to his core, he regains his life. He regains all his wasted potential because he's back at the root of where he is. It's only wasted if we're spread outwards and we're not coming back to the center, the epicenter where everything is coming from. But when I get to a level where I realize that I've done a lot of things that I shouldn't have done and I'm going to go and find myself again, I'm going to go deep. I'm going to find the core of who I am. When I do that again, I come back to who I am. I've regained my life. When I've regained my life, I'm once again able to use my potential in the most amazing way. And that's why when we go into Mitzrayim, specifically because we've fallen, that allows us and forces us to get to the level of tsa'aka, crying out deep in my heart. And when I cry out deep in my heart, I'm back reconnected in an even deeper way than before to who I am, to my essence, to my neshama, and the neshama that was inside me is tahorahi, and then I'm back to a place of purity, and once again, I'm, I've rectified and become pure and pristine, like the way I was born. Rabbi Khan continues, and he takes us to the next level, and he says in the Haftarah of Shamos, we read a verse, Pretty famous verse where we talk about what's going to be at the end of times when Mashiach comes. And it says, And it will be on that day when Mashiach comes. There's going to be a big shofar. Not a small shofar. There's going to be a large, a loud shofar. And what's going to happen when the shofar is is blown? All those who were lost in the land of Asher. And those who were cast away in the land of Mitzrayim. And they're all going to come. And they're going to bow down to God, and the holy mountain Be'erushalayim He goes on to explain that there are two levels of a Jew that could be lost. He says one of them is those who are cast away in the land of Mitzrayim. And then there's an even worse level where a Jew is simply lost in the land of Asher. And he goes on to say that in the land of Mitzrayim we were cast away. The Jews in Mitzrayim and Egypt knew that they were Jews. They kept their clothes, they kept their language, they kept their Jewish names. They knew they were Jews, they just weren't very much practicing Jews. They didn't keep much. They were cast away, but they knew that they were Jews. And when the shofar is blown, the shofar, what it does is it wakes us up and it forces us to reconnect to our core, to our essence, to our neshama, deep, deep within us. And that refers to the shofar being blown, which gets back those who are nidachim, those who are cast away, the Eretz Mitzrayim. But then Rav Tzadik goes on to say that there's an even deeper level where a Jew could fall. That the Jew could simply even forget that he's Jewish. And even in Mitzrayim, they didn't get there. And this is what we would call We're simply lost. We have no idea who we are. We don't even know that we're Jewish. We have no knowledge. We know zero we don't know who we are we simply don't know our Jewish identity when Mashiach comes there's going to be a shofar gadol there's a verse that says shofar ba'ir, va'am when the shofar is blown what that shofar does is it makes all the pieces come together and we refocus back on who we are and it's going to be such a big shofar it's going to be what you call a shofar gadol that even the Ovedim Ba'aretz Asher even those who are lost in the land of Asher, where so many of us today don't even know that they're Jewish, don't know who they are, and how are we ever going to get back to the Jewish people? So much assimilation. So many people simply don't even know their Jewish identity. What's the game plan? What's going to be with them? And the answer is that there's going to be, when Mashiach comes, a show for God going to be a big shofar and that shofar is going to touch every single Jew, whatever he is, that there's going to be people that didn't even know that they were Jewish but suddenly they're going to wake up with this feeling of niggling feeling that their heart is telling them that I am a Jew. What's going on? Why am I in a place? How come I'm not where I'm supposed to be? And that Jew is going to have to go deep, deep in himself and realize who they are. Come back and everybody is going to merit to come back to Yerushalayim and when the shofar gadol is blown. That means that amit Shriam they reached the level where they were able to get to Tz'aka. But there's going to come a time where it's going to be even worse than that. And there's going to be people who are over them by Eretz Asher and even such a Jew will be able to come back. When Mashiach comes, there's going to be a shofar gadol. But we don't want to have to wait until that shofar gadol comes. That shofar gadol is guaranteed to wake up every Jew. But we don't want to wait for that. We want to wake up specifically in the weeks of Shmos, Be'erah boh b'shalach yisra and we want to reconnect to our core. Allow where we have fallen to force ourselves to come back to who we are. We say, we say in Shemona Esra, one of the blessings, one of the brachas, we say, blow the shofar godl to redeem us, to free us. And then we say, yachad. gather us together, may arba kamfos arts gather us from all four corners of the earth. And the Kabbalists explain that we're referring to what we're talking about before, where there's potential of ours that we've spread out, that's been wasted to all four corners of the earth. There's parts of our essence that's gone out, that's gone outwards, and we don't know how to reclaim it. And we're waiting for the shofar gadol, which we could all do, we could all cry in this kol de mama daka. We could all scream internally and reclaim all the four corners of the earth where we've spread out our potential to Go inwards. Bring it all together. That's what Mashiach's going to do. But we want to do it before Mashiach comes. We want to do it ourselves. Reclaim all the parts of ourselves and go inwards and say who I am. I am an eshamah. When we do that, we've taken all the four corners and we've come back to who we are. There's one thing left for us to explain that what does all this have to do with the Parsha of Mishpatim, which is the end of these weeks of Shovavim, where we talk about a Jew being sold as a slave. So, Shemos, Ve'erah, we understand that we went into Mitzrayim, we got to the level of crying. From there we murdered, to receive the Torah, which is the purification, the refuah. But what is all this, why does all this end with Mishpat? What does this have to do with a being, Jew being sold as a slave coming out and Shemitah coming out in Yovel? So once again, Reb Tzadok comes to the rescue and he explains like this, that it's exactly the concept that we've been talking about. What it means is, when a Jew is sold as a slave, somebody who's a slave means he's not in his own place. He's under someone else's control. And when we sin and we spread our potential outwards, what we're doing is, is we're losing control. We're taking our essence, we're taking our potential and we're losing it. And it's almost as if we've been sold as a slave. But the Torah writes that even then, we come back in the seventh year. And the seventh year refers to Shabbos, is always the seventh day. It refers to the level one, where we always have the ability, at some point to come back with Shabbos, to come back. Shabbos is a day where we could reconnect. Shabbos is a time where we could refocus. We could kabetzenu yachad. We could gather together what we did during the week. We may have spread out our potential during the week on Sunday to one place, Monday to a different place, Friday to another place. But Shabbos, we come back home. Shabbos, we go deep. We get to Tz'aka. We go back to our lave. Karv HaShem L'Nishpur lave. We come back to who we are. But then the Torah writes, allegorically, that there's a Jew that sold as a slave that says, I like it here. I don't want to come back. I'm not looking to come back. I want to stay as a slave. I want to stay past Shabbos, past Shemitah. And the Torah writes that such a Jew could stay for another 49 years. But at Yovel, the 50th year in the cycle, there's no such thing as a Jew being sold as a slave for that long. And Yovel refers to what we would call the big shofar. Yovel refers to Yom Kippur's on the level of Yovel, which is Day of Purity. Yovel refers to Mashiach times, but there's going to be this big shofar where nobody could get past that. Which means that we're guaranteed that when Mashiach comes and the shofar Godel is born, is blown, even the Jew that doesn't know he's Jewish is going to come back. He's going to be come back inwards. He's going to refocus and remember who he always was and who he is and who he will be. This is what it means that even a Jew that's so far gone will always come back at Yoval. But we don't want to wait for Yoval to come back. We want to come back at least on Shabbos. At least on Shabbos we want to come back and say refocus on who I am. Let's end off with a Misa, with a story that the Gemara tells us with somebody called the Loza Dai. He was somebody that was immoral. He spent his entire life chase, chasing prostitutes around the world and he literally traveled everywhere, wherever he heard there was somebody there. He went there and had immoral relations with that person. The Gamara relates that eventually he got to the point where he found, heard about a certain woman who lived in a mountain somewhere and he traveled a long time to get to her. And when he gets to her, this woman herself gave him muster. She rebuked him and told him... What is with your life? What are you doing with yourself? And this woman, this prostitute, had the ability to get this person called the Luzabren to die to realization that he has literally done nothing with his life except for waste his potential. And it says that he sat down in between two mountains and he put his head between his knees and he started crying. And he cried and he cried more until the Gemara writes that he died out of crying of realizing where he was. Now we think this is the end of the story but the Gemara continues and the Talmud relates that a heavenly voice of Baskel came out from Shemaim and said Rabbi Allah ben Durdayi is welcome and invited to come to Ulam Abad, to the world to come. And Rabbi who heard this heavenly voice come out he cried and he said Yesh kona b'sha'achas. There is somebody that is able to merit the world to come in one moment. You have somebody like Allah ben Durdayi who spent his life doing everything wrong. But he got at the end of his life to the realization that he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And he sat on a mountain and he put his head between his knees and he started crying. And he got to this deep level of sa'aka where he realized, who am I? What's going on? What have I done with my life? He refocused. He got so deep because he had fallen so deep. He forced himself to go so deep that out of cleaving to His depth of his neshama, he simply left this world, and he merited to be called rabbi. He merited the great title rabbi just because, in the last moment of his life, he reconnected to who he was, to his neshama, and he merited a portion in the world to come. And a person could be called alamai b'sha'achas. It's very powerful. It's very powerful what a person could reach in one moment. But of course, we want we don't want to wait for that last moment. It will not happen. There'll be a show for God when Mashiach comes. But we want to reconnect way before. We want to utilize the weeks of shovavim, these great days, to just think about who we are and realize that we have an incredible opportunity from the fact that we don't have any superficiality today. There's nothing to go to to make it superficial. All we could be is real people, internal people. We want to be people that deep inside our hearts were crying out to Hashem. Nobody has to know about it. It could be completely private, but deep inside me, deep, deep within, I'm crying to Hashem because I realize I feel who I am. But even if we don't merit to do this, to kabbash shofa godel lecheresayin v'ha'ayba yoyimahu yitakah b'shofa godel, and everybody's going to come back. It's guaranteed. V'v'avo ovedim beretz asher v'ani dachem beretz and we're all going to bow down to Hashem b'harakodesh b'yerushalayim. So to summarize, we spoke about these weeks of Shovahim, where we could rectify things that couldn't be rectified during the year. Reb Tzadok HaKain explains that we went to Mitzrayim, and because we fell deep, that enabled us to reap deep within, forced us to go within to the level of Tzaka, and Tzaka touches the heart. We explained from Reb Nachman that when a person cries at that point, nobody hears it, because it's deep, deep internal within the person. And when the person does that, he gathers together all the stuff that's gone outwards and He brings it all inwards. He draws it all in like a magnet because when you're back to the essence, to the neshama that Hashem put inside us, which is Tahora, we're reconnected to our core and we're brought back all what went outwards, inwards. And when we're back inwards, we become Tehorah, we become clean, rectified once again. And we explain that even those that don't merit to do this But when Mashiach comes, there's going to be such a loud awakening that everybody, even people who don't know they're Jewish, are going to be forced to look inwards and realize who their essence, who they truly are. And a person could do this. A person could spend his whole life going the other way, and at the end he could literally flip it all over. He can merit to be called a rabbi, and he could have a portion in the world to come. Let's all think about this and try and get deep, and try and look inwards. Draw whatever has gone outwards back inwards. And when we do that, we'll merit to reach this exalted level where we could say about ourselves that once again, we came into the world pure, and once again with the Horihi, once again we became pure. Like a child that was just born into this world.